the second Sunday in Lent in the year of our Lord, 2024. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark, the eighth chapter. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them not to tell, and he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And he called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once again, the reading was from Mark 8, Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through 38. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you were a Christian youth in the 1990s or early 2000s, or if you had or worked with Christian youth in the 90s or aughts, you might remember wristbands with four specific letters on them. W-W-J-D. Those letters, of course, stood for, what would Jesus do? The wristbands, along with the accompanying phrase, were reminders to act in a manner similar to Jesus, especially by imitating his love for others. Though not as popular, the WWJD bracelets were followed up by HWLF, He would love first bracelets and love first t-shirts for Christian youth in the late 2000s and 2010s. And now, it seems a new campaign with a related message is being launched by a group named He Gets Us, who aired a Super Bowl commercial this month proclaiming, Jesus didn't teach hate, Jesus washed feet. While I'm not opposed to WWJD bracelets, nor the subsequent campaigns, I am also hesitant, because they don't give the full picture of what Jesus does. 
The emphasis seems to be on Jesus' love. But what about when he was angry? What about when he didn't love first? What about when he didn't wash feet? What about when he hated the unbelief in the cities of Bethsaida, Chorazin, and Capernaum and put a curse on them? What about when he angrily cleansed the temple? What about when he was short with his disciples? What about when he didn't immediately go to Lazarus when hearing of his illness, but simply let Lazarus die? Hopefully you can see there is more to Jesus than simply that he was loving to others all the time. Indeed, Jesus always loved others, but sometimes that meant being harsh with them. There's even an example of not getting the whole picture in the first part of today's gospel from Mark 8. There, Jesus asked his disciples who people say that he is, with the consensus being Jesus is some sort of great prophet. Then Jesus asked his disciples who they say that he is. And they, they are able to rightly confess that he is the Christ. That is, the Messiah, the Anointed One. But unlike in the other Gospel accounts, here in Mark, the disciples only confess Jesus to be the Christ, not the Son of God. So the disciples probably have in mind that Jesus is the promised Messiah who will save the Israelites from the, their bondage to the Romans. But that isn't the full picture. Jesus will indeed save people from bondage, but not bondage to the Romans. And so the disciples are still a bit ignorant about Jesus and may have false hopes about him. The same still happens today when Jesus is portrayed as always loving and Christians attempt to imitate him. But then when Christians aren't always loving, or have to love someone in a harsh way. People's false hopes and false expectations about Jesus are dashed because they didn't get the full picture. In the what would Jesus do and he would love first slogans, there's also a lot writing on that little conditional word, would. By making both slogans conditional with the word would, that means what Jesus does changes depending on the context. He may choose to love someone caught in sin one day, but then rebuke someone stuck in sin another day. Further, Jesus is God incarnate and wisdom itself. What he chooses to do in any situation is always done with the salvation of one soul in mind, because he is all-knowing. And therefore, who are we, mere mortal humans, to decide what Jesus would do in a situation? We can do our best and try to love people, even if that means rebuking them, 
but we simply cannot do what Jesus would do in every situation because we are not the omniscient Son of God. In fact, in Mark 8, when Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him, essentially telling Jesus what he should do, Jesus, in turn, rebuked Peter quite harshly, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Even still today, when we try to determine what Jesus would do in every situation, we ourselves may be standing in Jesus' way. A final criticism of the What Would Jesus Do slogan is that it leaves us guessing what we should do in specific situations. But Jesus doesn't leave us guessing. He gives us clear instructions in many places in the Gospels what we should do, including right here in Mark 8. Jesus tells us, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In short, following Christ, being a disciple of Christ, even trying to love like Christ, means denying ourselves and taking up our cross and suffering like Christ suffered. So in trying to love others, This looks like not denying the bitterness of Christ's law, nor the sweetness of Christ's gospel, but helping others realize and turn away from their idols and ask for repentance for their sins. With others, this may also look like walking with them in their sufferings and helping them bear their crosses, and definitely not simply throwing off their crosses and letting them walk without crosses, without trials, without sufferings. But more importantly, denying ourselves and taking up our cross means recognizing where we are not fully fearing, loving, and trusting in God. Realizing what the idols are in our lives repenting of our sins and faithlessness and turning away from other gods back to the one God. With ourselves, this also means bearing the weight of the cross as we suffer with our own trials, suffer with the effects of our sins, and possibly even suffer for speaking the truth of Christ in a world hostile to his word. Jesus further comments about what it means to follow him. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. 
These comments mean that in following and imitating Christ, we should not look to gain the admiration of the world, nor should we be ashamed to speak Jesus' gospel and law in the world. Rather, we should be willing to suffer so much, maybe suffer death itself, even death at the hands of others, in order to fully imitate Jesus and ultimately be saved and delivered by him. And so all of this leads to a suggestion. Instead of the slogan, WWJD, what would Jesus do? How about WDJD? What did Jesus do? And in Mark 8, Jesus tells us plainly what he must do and indeed what he did do. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. What did Jesus do? He suffered. He was rejected. He was killed. He was raised again. And who did he do this for? You. He suffered so that he could understand and ease your sufferings. He was rejected so that you would not be rejected by God the Father. Though he also was rejected by the world, because he knew you may be rejected by the world. He was killed for the sins of the world, so that you would not have to die for your sins, but instead receive forgiveness for them. And he was raised again, so that you will be raised to everlasting life when you die. Now, earlier I said, I'm not opposed to the slogan, what would Jesus do? Just a little hesitant. I'm not opposed because if we want to follow Jesus, if we want to imitate Jesus and conform our life to him, we do need to ask, what does this mean? What does this look like? And what would Jesus do is one way to ask that question. But better is to consider what Jesus tells us to do. That is to deny ourselves and take up our cross. And that's what Jesus did. He denied the fullness of his divinity, became human like us, and took up his cross and suffered on it for us. Now, as we seek to follow Jesus and conform our lives to his, may we ask, what did Jesus do? And in that question, may we see that our attempts to do as Christ did, our attempts to conform our lives to Christ, our sufferings, our rejections by the world, even our earthly death, all follow Jesus to the resurrection, 
where he raises us out of our sins and sufferings in this world and into the glory and blessings of heaven where there is life with him forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Having heard the word of God, let us confess our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. God's richest blessings to you on the week ahead.